Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring vocalist Peggy Lee, Kay Kaiser, Linda Darnell, Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, George Burns and Gracie Allen, Mel Blanc as Private Sad Sack, Art Linkletter's Kids, and comedian Henry Morgan. And now, here's Miss Peggy Lee. Lover, when you're near me And I hear you speak my name Softly in my ear You breathe a flame Lover, it's immoral But why quarrel with our bliss When two lips of coral Want to kiss I say the devil is in you And to resist you I try But if you didn't continue I would die Lover, please be tender When your tender fears depart Lover, please surrender to my heart To resist you I try But if you didn't continue
From time to time on his radio show in the 40s, comedian Henry Morgan presented previews of coming attractions. Joining Mr. Morgan tonight are Ben Grauer and Arnold Stang. Soon! Coming to this theater, Hollywood does it to you again! that was filmed behind locked doors and locked windows. And the result? Seven actors died of suffocation. <laughs> the same studio that brought you those other two-fisted action-packed pictures. Johnny Eager. Johnny Angel. Johnny Apollo. Johnny Allegro. Johnny Stool Pigeon. And now, the most vicious of them all. Arthur L. Newman. <laughs> Yes, the thrilling story of a kid who just wouldn't go straight. That's Arthur L. Newman. Launched on a life of crime because of a simple, naughty little thing he did as a child. He killed his babysitter. See the bloodthirsty story of a cruel, heartless number one killer who got to the top with the help of one person, his mother. It was his mother who gave him his start. Here, you little brat. But you've always wanted a gun. Now stop pestering me. Gee, Ma, it's a Smith & Wesson. Gosh, is it real? Aim it at the dog and see. Uh, like this? Watch out where you're aiming that, Arthur. Look out! Ah, oh, you shot it right through the bedroom door and your pa's in there. <laughs> I better look. Pa? Pa? I told you not to aim it at the bedroom door. Gee, Ma, you mean... Yeah. I... Now be careful. I'll take that thing away from you. <laughs> What happens to young boys who walk the deserted city streets late at night? Hey, uh, Ezio. Yeah, Arthur L. Newman. Ezio, I got an idea. Yeah, what's the idea? Watch. Arthur L. Newman, the picture that goes one block further than dead end. <laughs> Arthur L. Newman, he killed, he plundered, he loved. Yes, he treats her rough and she loves it. Stuck your chin out. Okay, honey. Oh, you do love me, don't you? Arthur L. Newman, don't fool around. How do I know you love Arthur L. Newman? How? Here, kick me in the head. Give me the knee in the back. Clip me behind the ear. How he wants to know. Arthur L. Newman, don't fool around. How about a nice big elbow in the eye before you go? Arthur L. Newman, don't fool around. Oh, Arthur, you're crushing me. Arthur, you have to go tight. How's that, huh? I said, how's that? Hey. Arthur L. Newman, don't fool around. <laughs> Arthur L. Newman, the story of a sneak. The picture that was filmed behind the director's back. <laughs> Excitement. Criminals behind bars. See how prisoners communicate with each other at mealtimes right under the watchful eyes of armed guards. It's uh, Tuesday. Pass the wait along. It's tonight. Tonight. Pass it along. Tonight. 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 Hey, I'm new around here. What's tonight? Milton Boyle. 
Tenderness. See how friendships are born in prison. Hey, Artie, want to look at my calendar? No. Want to read my comic books out loud to me? No. Want to play a little clubbyosh? No. Push a pace No. Canasta? No. You want to take a walk around my bed? No. You want to... No, no, no. Let me alone. I want to get out of here. This place is driving me nuts. You hear it? Driving me nuts. Let me out. Let me out. <laughs> Checkers. Action. You'll be on the edge of your seat when the cops close in on Arthur L. Newman and blast him from his hiding place. It's no use, Arthur. The place is surrounded. Now come out with your hands up. Come out with your hands up. Come out with your hands up. Me and Babyface are staying right here until heck freezes over. Yeah. Come and get us, copper. Yeah. You ready to come out now? Yeah. <laughs> okay, copper, you asked for it. You asked for it. Bang. Bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang, bang. Bang. Hey, Yara, what you doing? Where's your gun? Ma took it away from me. <laughs> Why? She caught me smoking. Well, don't just sit there. Come on, help me. Bang, 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 bang. Tension. Watch for the emotionally climactic scene where Arthur L. Newman gets it from the law. They, they got me, baby face. I'm going fast. Give me a smoke, pal. Okay, Arthur L. Newman. I'm going fast. Hurry. What you doing with that cigarette, baby face? How come you're tearing it in two? It's a king size. You won't need it all. Yeah, getting dark. This is it. So long, baby face. You was a real pal. Gee. Finally got to go out on a caper, huh? <laughs> getting dark. This is it. So long, baby face. You was a real pal. Getting dark. This is it. So long. Yeah, this is it. Getting dark. You was a real pal. Die already! Terror. What is the fate of the murdering criminal? Go with him as he takes that walk down the corridor, his head shaved, his pants slit, and watch as he stops at that little green door. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, Arthur L. Newman, the picture that answers the question. Huh? See Arthur L. Newman, a great bloody gangster picture. Filmed in glorious plasma. <laughs> The Henry Morgan Theater, coming to session. The title of the music you're listening to is Love Nest, and for more than four decades it served to introduce one of the most famous comedy teams of all time, George Burns and Gracie Allen. Well, Gracie, since last week a lot of people have been writing in, they'd like to hear more about your cousin, Mozart Allen, the composer and conductor. Really? Yeah, I guess he's famous now. Oh, isn't that wonderful? You know, musicians have to wait until they're dead to be famous, and I'll bet cousin Mozart's glad he made it. Just the time, too. Uh, how did he get to be a conductor? Oh, simple. He was the only one in the orchestra who couldn't play an instrument. 
pretty near right. Well, it is. Oh, it is. You know, for years, his ambition was to lead the San Francisco Symphony. I see. And he never lost sight of that goal. No. And he always carried his baton with him everywhere he went. In case anybody asked him, he was always ready. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. And that's why he took a job with the park department. Doing what? Well, he put a nail on the end of the baton and picked up papers Paper. with it. <laughs> musician that 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 really cleaned up mm -hmm. and at last the call came oh the call did come yes huh? and he was asked to conduct the san francisco symphony oh. but the only trouble was he couldn't afford a full dress suit well, what did he do oh well he made a deal with a clothing store to sell him half the suit half the suit yes uh, uh, the back half the back half yes, while he was conducting that's all the audience could see well, what <laughs> Oh, they left it on the dummy in the window because that's all the people in the street could see. One suit for two dummies? Yes. You mean your cousin conducted this orchestra just with the back half of the suit? Oh, yes, and it would have been a great success if he hadn't been sneezing all through it. <laughs> well, naturally, he was standing in front of the woodwind section. Yeah. Well, that wasn't so bad. The real trouble came was when he turned around to the audience to take his bow. I imagine that must have caused quite a sensation. This kid really went all out. You know, it was a wonderful sight to see Mozart up there waving his arms and interpreting the different moods of the music. Threw himself into it. Huh? Yes. When he was conducting an opera, he would practically live it. Now, you know, once, once he was, um, he was doing Samson and Delilah, and Delilah, he got so carried away, he cut his own hair. Cut his own hair? Yes, and he couldn't finish the opera with his hair cut off. He was too weak to lift the baton. Well, Gracie, any, any news from home? Well, I, I just got a letter from my uncle, Quinton Allen, the famous uh, prison warden. Prison warden? Well, how did he get a job like that? Well, he had to start at the bottom and work his way up. Oh, started as an ordinary guard. Huh? No, as an ordinary prisoner. How did he get to be a warden? Well, why not? He had the best qualifications. He served three terms. Well, there's, a, there's a warden with a lot of experience. Oh, yes. Uncle Quinton lives in the prison, and some of the convicts take care of him. They make very good servants, except for certain little things. Such as what? Well, now, the man who cooks for him yeah. is fine with everything except roast turkey. What's in it? He can't, he can't handle that. No, because of his past. His past. Mm -hmm. He'd been a pickpocket, and after he roasts the turkey from force of habit, he can't help stealing the stuffings out of it. Out of the turkey. Like <laughs> fire, like that. Oh, he did for a while, but then the next cook was even worse. What did he do. Well, he was a safe cracker, and he cooked everything over a blowtorch. Sounds like a nice little group of boys he's got there. Oh. Of course, he's very strict with visitors when they come. They have to be searched from head to foot. Oh, for weapons? For luggage. For luggage? So they won't sneak in and stay there. Oh, oh he must have a very popular place. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't believe in coddling the prisoners. I'll bet he doesn't. If a man acts bad, Uncle Quinton throws him right into solitary. Well, solitary can be pretty rough. And with eight or nine other men in the same cell, it could even be worse. Eight or nine men together? If they deserve solitary, they get it. He plays no favorites.
One of the old command performance radio shows, that's the program which was broadcast exclusively to American servicemen around the world on AFRS during the 40s, Bing Crosby matched wits and songs with Frank Sinatra. Preserved for all time is this excerpt, originally broadcast more than 25 years ago. I have just been handed a card here with the name of an added starter in this command performance victory show. I don't really know what to say about him since I'm not familiar with his work. But his name may ring a bell with some of you. Uh, Sinatra, Frank Sinatra. (laughs) Hey, my boy. Here you are, my boy, right over here next to me now. If you feel yourself falling, just grab. Just... Thank you very much, sir. Now, let me see here. Your name is Frank Sinatra? That's right, sir. I seem to have heard that name before. Too often, perhaps, sir? <laughs> Far too often. You're a singer, I believe, Mr. Sinatra? Yes, sir. And you? Oh! <laughs> I have cut a disc here and there, made a platter or two. I understand that your singing is one you wide acclaim, Mr. Sinatra. That is, with children under 13. <laughs> That's absolutely right, Mr. Crosby. Uh, tell me, what do you hear from the ear trumpet crowd? Now, see here. <laughs> Just a minute now, short, dark, and transparent. <laughs> you have no business to talk to me like that. You cut me when you do that. You really cut me, you do. Because I love you, Frankie boy You're my pal Am I, Bing? Sure you are, Frankie I may take a little dig at you every now and then But it hurts me more than it does you Uh, It really hurts me as it does I hate to do it, Frankie Well, then why do you keep doing it? Well, I feel that suffering is good for me (laughs) Really, I'm crazy about you, Frankie I admire all your wonderful qualities Gee, would you like your sons to be like me? Well, no, I want them to grow up. <laughs> but, Bing, I'm your pal. I'm your chum. You mean it, Frankie? Hmm? Of course I do. Why, it's us against the world, Bing. We'll stick together through thick and thin. Yes, we will, Finn. <laughs> you said it, Thick. <laughs> you are my sunshine. My only sunshine You make me happy When skies are gray You'll never know, Frank How much I love you Please don't take my sunshine away Have no fears, Bing, I never will But someday, if they do take your sunshine away And there are gray skies Don't you mind, old man Hmm? You still have me, Bingy boy (laughs) Climb upon my knee, Bingy boy Bingy boy Though you're 63, bingy boy. I have been stabbed. <laughs> There's no way of knowing. There's no way of showing what you mean to me, bingy boy, boy. A little high for you. <clears throat> come, come, no blood. Really, you, you don't know what you mean to me. Well, inform me, Dad. Stand by. You're the top. You're the boy who hustles me. You're the top. Though you've got no muscles. You're the guarantee that a chickadee will moon. You're a high school thriller, Bobby Sox killer, the voice of swoon. Frank exaggeration, Bingo. 
It's a matter of fact, it's the other way around. Yeah. Looped. You're the top. You're the head canary. You're the top. Though your top ain't hairy. Oh. <laughs> That's my name, though, Harry. That's my name. You're the baritone who has held the throne with ease. You're the choice of sages, the rock of ages. You're the voice of cheese. Elvita. <laughs> I'm not the top. Ask my doctor, he knows. Well, I'm not the top. Why not? I'm just a stooge for skinos. Say I'm a total wreck. I'm a worthless check of flop. So I guess that leaves Lombardo on the top. As Art Linkletter has pointed out in his books and on television, kids say the darndest things. And that's just what happened one day on the CBS House Party program as announcer Jack Slattery interviewed this youngster. Nice to talk to you. And now, look at those crazy blue corduroys this next fellow's wearing here. And what's your name? Joe Levine. Joel Levine? And how old are you, Joe? Seven and a half. And I suppose you'd rather be some other age, too. Most kids do. Yeah. What? Three. Why would you rather be three? I don't have to go to school. <laughs> What's your favorite subject in school? Handball. Handball, huh? <laughs> would you make any changes in school if you could? Yeah, I would make them give me some uh, soda pop every second. <laughs> You'd be a busy little bee with that soda pop, wouldn't you? Mm. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an ice cream man. Well, I think it's pretty obvious why. Why do you want to be an ice cream man? Because I can so I won't give no ice cream to nobody. I'll eat it for myself. <laughs> You're a starving boy, huh? You ever dream about anything? Yeah. What do you dream about? One in the movies. What do you do? What do you dream about when you're in the movies? Porky Pig. You mean you dream you're a friend of Porky Pigs? Yeah, I'm a friend of Porky Pig. I'm a Porky Pig fan. <laughs> if you were real hungry in the jungle somewhere, you wouldn't eat Porky Pig, would you? No, I wouldn't. Why not? He's not kosher, and I wouldn't eat my... He didn't want to eat his friend, either. <laughs> well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee. Join me next week for more fun and surprises from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.